Hello, my name is Eric. I'm a recovered heroin addict. Um, my sobriety date is January 2nd, 2014. So next week, be eight years. You know, um, I used to say God willing, but I'm pretty sure God's willing. It's it's me that has to be willing. Um, so, um, sorry, that's my bionic kidney. <laughs> I'm diabetic. Uh, so one of the things it's, it's honestly like not being diabetic is not a miracle, right? Like it's kind of sucks actually, but, um, become, I became diabetic about three years sober. And one of the things that is <clears throat> the reasons why I identify as a recovered past tense, um, heroin addict is the diabetes thing. So three years sober, um, I was handed a bag, a bag of syringes. I said, here you go. Just inject insulin. And I'm like, ooh, these. This, this is part of my get down. This is part of my love. Like, I, you know, I, I'm a guy that had a needle phobia that became obsessed with, with the needle. Um, and, you know, and having done the work and having had a spiritual experience where this problem has been removed, um, I... It was about like a half hour, like it brought back a lot of memories because there were some fun times. You know, drug use got weird, right? It got real weird at times, but there, were, there was some fun to it. And that's all there was. There was the euphoric recall, there was the memory of some of the good stuff because, and honestly, some of the bad stuff, but I tend to forget the bad stuff. I tend to, unless I like work at it, I tend to just remember the good times. Um, and that came back and then that's all that there was. And that's not normal for a guy like me. When I came to treatment, um, there was no way that I was going to be sober. You know, after I kind of like came to, you know, got through detox and my head cleared out a little bit, I could like recognize that smoking crack and shooting dope was not a good idea. And like normal people don't do that. And I probably, if I wanted any kind of normal life, I should probably never do that again. But drinking and smoking weed, which are like my first loves, um, uh, was not something I was ready to give up. And it was not something like I really made sense that I needed to give up. Um, and the idea of being sober, like any period of time was not something that really made sense to me as a possibility. And, you know, I sit before you today with almost eight years of, of sobriety and most of that time, you know, Pretty much all the time since having worked the steps, uh, I haven't thought about wanting to even drink or use. Um, there have been a couple times when things have gone really wrong and like it sounded like a good idea. But this power that I've learned how to connect to um, that was always inside of me uh, that I had been disconnected from my entire life and kind of scared of because I was taught that it was something different than what I experienced today, uh, has kept me separated, has kept me in a place um, where I am, I'm happy. You know, I love, 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 the way the 10th step promises uh, describe this. I'm sure you guys have all heard the ninth step promises that read all the time. Sometimes we read them in meetings. Um, and I, I, I love the ninth step promises, but for me, the, the 10 step promises are, are where it's at. Uh, and this is, this is what they say. 
so that we've ceased fighting any, anything or anyone, even alcohol. For this time, sanity will return. We'll seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, recoil from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we'll find that this has happened automatically. We'll see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That's the miracle of it. We're not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We're neither cocky nor we're afraid. That is our experience. This is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. Um, heroin saved my life. Absolutely, hands down, without a doubt, if I had not found heroin, I would have offed myself because the way that I was experiencing myself was not okay. I, uh, I really relate to what they say in the doctor's opinion where the restless, irritable, and discontent. For me, that's pretty much how I exist um, apart from God. And whatever God is, I have no idea, really. I just have this experience that I label God that has enabled me to do things that like not use drugs that I was unable to do previously. So I'm restless and the way my restlessness shows up is in my mind. I am constantly thinking about the things that I did yesterday. I'm constantly thinking about what I'm going to say so that you'll laugh or like me or whatever. Or I sound smart or blah, 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 blah. And if I'm attracted to you, that's like a hundred. I'm thinking about what I'm going to say to you. I'm thinking about the five things you're going to say back to each of the five things that I'm going to say to you. And I'm thinking about five responses for those five things. So I got like five times five times five times five going on in my head all the fucking time. Um, and then when I walk away, I'm thinking about the 50 things I didn't say and how they would have been better than the one thing I did say and how much of an idiot I am for saying the one thing I did say. And I should have said this because now they absolutely think like I'm an idiot. And I'll probably do that a little bit on the way home tonight um, after sitting up here. And that's where my restlessness shows up. Like the major way, I have a restless mind that is constantly, constantly telling me I'm not good enough, that I fucked up, that I'm going to fail, um, uh, that I am generally not okay. I am irritable. And the way my irritability shows up, unless everything goes exactly the way that I want it to go, I tend to melt down. You know, the drug dealer didn't show up exactly when he was supposed to show up. He never show up, showed up on time. You know, he's always, yeah, I'm right, I'm right around the corner guy. I'll, I'll be there in five minutes. I'll be there in five minutes. I'll be there in five minutes. Um, if it doesn't go the way that I think it should go, I tend to get pissed off. If reality is happening as it is, but it's not the way that I think reality should be, which I'm obviously wrong in that situation because reality is exactly the way it's supposed to be, right? And anytime I decide other, I suffer. But I do that all the time. And then when that happens which is inevitable because it never goes the way I think it will be. I'm angry, I'm irritable, and I'm discontent. Meaning I'm without contentment, I'm depressed. Uh, and that's generally my starting point for life. This is how I experience life pretty much from the time that I, I had these types of feelings, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, when you start to be capable of these kinds of emotions, I experience these kinds of emotions. I think I experienced them at a level greater than most of the people that I saw around me. And then I found weed and it quieted that for a little bit. I was like, holy shit, I found the shortcut to life. You know, I can remember saying in my <coughs> early 20s, 
uh, late teens, like, why ever be fucking stressed out? Like, dude, smoke a fucking joint and chill out. Why would you ever deal with stress? That's fucking dumb. Um, and it worked for me. So I was pretty correct in what I was saying. I didn't realize at the time that, you know, I have this <coughs> possibly genetic condition or body that's susceptible to addiction or alcoholism. And then overuse of substances kicks that off. And I'm going to end up in a heroin anonymous meeting, you know, 15 years later or whatever, 10 years later. But I never dealt with stress. I never had to. Then, you know, I started drinking. That worked better. Entered in uh, cocaine. I did a little, little stint where I did a lot of blow, but my nose bled all the time. And I liked to sleep and I wasn't sleeping. So that kind of just went away on its own. That's why I don't identify as a, as a cocaine addict because um, I did a lot of blow and I smoked a lot of crack, but I could always put it down. I could always like, this is dumb. I'm, I'm done like peeking out the blinds for five hours straight. You know, this is just stupid. Like, and this is expensive. Um, but from the moment that I started doing opiates, uh, it was supposed to be like a two week thing. Cause I was going through this big, big breakup with the love of my life. And you know, she, she moved out after a proposed and she took the dog and broke my heart and that whole thing. And it was traumatic. I'm making light of it a little bit, but it, it sucked. And my typical pattern at that point was I used substances to deal with life. <coughs> Weed and beer do work really great for normal everyday stress. But when I go through something like really tough, I need to get really fucked up for a little bit of time, let it go and dust my boots off, go back to work, go back to life. And that two weeks lasted seven years and landed me in a treatment center seven years later. Um, because I did not understand that I have this allergy to, to heroin, to alcohol. Um, and once I start, I don't stop unless I'm stopped. And if by some miracle I'm stopped, all I can think about is doing it again. And <clears throat> so, you know, after being definitely an alcoholic for most of my early 20s. In my, my late 20s, I, I added a really gnarly uh, opiate addiction. You know, blue 30s quickly became the Oxycontins, which be real, I liked Oxycontin better than I liked heroin. Um, Oxycontin was fantastic. Um, it was a really sad, depressing day when they changed the formula and I couldn't like <laughs> smoke my oxys anymore or snort my oxys. Um, I tried hard, man. Those things were a pain in the ass to you know, there's always these like rumors on the internet. If you microwave them for like 30 minutes and then freeze them and then microwave again, it'll break down the gel coating in the pill and you can actually like snort or inject them again. I can never figure it out, but I, God damn it, I tried hard. Um, and I was a guy that like looked down on heroin addicts because I thought like, that's dirty. Like what I'm doing is at least prescribed by a doctor. Can't be that big of a deal. Right. Um, so I ran out and uh, you know, the next three years of my life was pretty strictly heroin. I got out right as the fentanyl was kind of starting to hit in my area. So I really didn't experience much of that. Um, but I would have absolutely. Why not? Um, um, and heroin 
specifically heroin for me or Oxycontin for me took away restless, irritable, and discontent. I was early on, I was more productive at work. I could talk to anybody. I could say the stupidest thing and I didn't care what you thought. I was just kind of numb and going through life and I love to be numb. You know, I work in treatment. I love working in treatment. Um, I have a huge difficulty talking about triggers because I think they're bullshit. I have one trigger, it's called consciousness. I don't fucking enjoy it. I want to be completely blacked out and walking around at the same time. If I'm doing that, I'm fucking happy because you can't fucking touch me. That mind is just completely switched off and I'm still doing things like, God damn it, that's bliss. Mm-hmm. Um, so giving that up when I got to treatment was in fucking conceivable. Um, and there was no way that I was going to to do that um, unless you can provide me with something better. And that's exactly what I've found in this 12-step process, in this, this power that we like to call God, um, that I believe is in each and every one of us. Name it, whatever you want to name it, I don't give a fuck. I honestly don't think God gives a fuck either. I think the only we give a fuck a lot. A lot of us have trouble with that God word when we come in here. I get it. A lot of us have fought wars over calling God one thing versus calling God another thing. It's just a fucking human hang-up. Um, but whatever it is, there's something inside of us that is transcendent, that is greater than, that is more than this corporeal human meat sack that I walk around in. And every race, every tradition, every spiritual whatever has always taught us this from the beginning of time, that there is something other than what we can see going on. And that's that's for me, that's God. Um, I'm able to find God in Christian churches, temples, mosques, you name it, whatever. I don't really care. I love them all. Places where people have found and been able to study and like um, commune with that power, I'm into it. Um, And, you know, I love that in the 10 step promises, like when I connect to power, um, I am placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. Problem gets removed. There's no step in the 12 steps. To say, okay, you're going to stop doing drugs now. Or this is how you don't do drugs for the rest of your life. We don't even fucking talk about that. First step. Yeah, you got to look at your power list. How to destroy your life. Yes. But past that, it's how do we connect to power that's already with inside of you? How do we get to that place where God can do for you way more than whatever the drugs and the alcohol were doing for you? Um... And that's what, I, what I've, I've found here. Um, you know, uh, I firmly, when I say that I'm recovered, that's not to, for me to say that like, hey, I'm better than. It's not for me to say that like, hey, I am like, I'm cured because I'm definitely not cured. This connection that I have to God is contingent on the present moment. You know, there's that line in, in how it works. There's one that is all power, that one is God. May you find him now. I think there's like a double meaning to that. 
think there is, yeah, we hope you find God now. So you stop suffering, you find a solution, blah, 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 that. But I also believe that's a direction on where we have to look to find God. I can only connect to God in the present moment. And the process of the first nine steps helps me deal with my past. It helps me deal with a lot of the inner stuff that this that has blocked me off. The horrible shit that has happened to me along the way that until I can like see the the goodness in some of the worst of my life, I'm forever separated. Um, and until I make right my relationships with the people in this world, it keeps me separated because often I find God in you. Often when it's blocked off with me, I need to find it in you because I believe that it's within you as much as within me. Sometimes I'm just blocked and I need your connection. Um, in the beginning, especially, I needed your connection a lot. Um, and that's what the first nine steps taught me how to do. And then 10, 11, and 12 teach me how to stay connected. Um, for me, the 11th step is how I start and end the day. It talks about morning meditation and nightly review. And the 10th step is how I walk with power moment by moment, um, trying to be directed, trying to be sane. It says sanity will have returned. In step two, it says, hey, where is it at? Came to believe the power of greater selves can restore us to sanity. So there's something strangely insane with our relationship to drugs and alcohol, our relationship to ourselves. In step two, we recognize that. Step 10, you're sane. That's been restored. You know, I no longer um, am powerless over people, places, and things. I'm no longer powerless. I have been connected to power that demonstrates through me, minute by minute, day by day, what it can do through me. And I get to be the focal point of this manifestation. I get to be the place that, that God performs miracles through. And I get to experience that power as it goes through me. And it's fucking wonderful. It's the best high you will ever fucking experience. And there's no hangover. It's fucking amazing. Um, and that's what I've, I've found here. And if it was anything less than that, I'd be doing drugs. Absolutely be doing drugs today. Um, because heroin saved my life. It did a lot for me. The price got really high at the end. Really, really high. You know, I, I hurt a lot of the people I loved. I couldn't understand why I was doing it. You know, um, I stole everything on my parents' house from the gold to the copper, pawned it all. And uh, it was miserable absolutely devastatingly miserable you know um and today you know there are days where i don't connect well um i forget to meditate um i do meditate and then i'm like straight off into like thinking that i know better than than reality that i think things should be different than the way they are and when i make that decision i suffer I suffer greatly. Um, this 12-step process has taught me how to recognize when I'm making that decision and how to get back into reality and how do I get back into now and how do I stay connected to this thing um, <clears throat> that is the source of love, good, goodness, kindness, peace, happiness, like all the things that I was searching for in heroin, um, I have found here in this process. Only like major downfall that I can really point to is in heroin, like the time that it took to like cook and, you know, plunge, like that was the time it took me to piece. It takes a little bit longer here. I have to do a lot here. Um, and 
you know, I don't even know if the obsession was ever removed. Because, I mean, really, if you look at my life and you look at, like, the obsession, like, I go to meetings probably two or three days a week. I spend an hour each of those meetings talking about heroin. I have a sponsor who I meet with on a regular basis, and we talk about heroin. I have a bunch of sponsees that I meet with on a regular basis, and we talk about heroin. A large percent of my life, the outside world would say, Eric, you're still obsessed with heroin. And that's probably like, that's probably true. That's okay. Like this thing is switched. This thing is this this power has taken the one thing that was destroying me more than anything else, and has switched it into a way that I get to watch other people recover. I get to watch other people that were hopeless, lost, and broken experience peace, happiness, sobriety, recovery um, in a way that they didn't believe was possible for them. Every time that I've gone through the twelve steps, and I've gone through them quite a few times. The one thing that is always the same is I'm 100% sure it will not work on whatever it is I'm trying to work on. I'm sure that God either doesn't care or that he's not going to take this away. Um, I believe that wholeheartedly when I started the 12 steps, I basically focused on my drug addiction. There's no way I'm going to be happy and not think about drugs. I think about drugs like every minute of every day. There's no way that that's like a possibility. How do you have fun without at least drinking? That's dumb. I've never done that. Um, that was removed. You know, I've applied this 12-step process to relationships, to my job, to uh, some of my deep-seated fears that I, that I have about myself. These, these lies that were placed upon me as a child that I, I didn't even realize were, were lies until I, I, I used the 12-step process to to look at them and, and root them up, which just caused me to do some really insane things as an adult. Um, you know, things like I'm not good enough. Things like, uh, you know, you're always gonna be a failure. Things like, uh, um, you know, you're gonna have this problem because your dad had this problem, his grandfather had this problem, and blah, blah, they're not even talking about alcoholism. Like there was this, this hereditary like anger problem that ran in my family and I was told at, at a young age, like you're gonna have a temper and like you better be careful because all of your father's and father's father and great grandfather had this thing and it was not true. But what that did when you tell that to an eight year old and he's like, holy shit. And I could see how my dad was an angry guy and how he beat me. And how like that scared the shit out of me. Like, oh, fuck, I got to be scared of myself now. And I went through my life for 30 years scared of myself because of some lie that someone who loved me was trying to be helpful to me um, and trying to protect me told me. Um, and it's through the process of 12 steps. I'm finally, like, finally able to like, get back to like, the causes and conditions, the root things that made me uncomfortable with me when I'm uncomfortable with me long enough, I have to find a solution for that. I don't have a choice in that matter. I will either shoot dope or I will seek power. But I don't have, there's no option B for me. Um, and every time I've started this process with a problem, I don't know what the solution is. I'm pretty sure that like, there isn't a solution. And every time I've applied this process to that problem, I have come to a solution that has absolutely blown my mind and um, enriched my life in a way that uh, I can't even begin to describe you. Um, I'll end with this. 
it's a little a little coarse, but I think it's a a, a good analogy. How do you describe a spiritual experience? I don't know. I really don't know how to describe what it feels like. I think the best analogy that I heard is an orgasm. So I picture like two little kids on the playground, 12, 13, 14. They, like, we were about to start like having orgasms at that age, right? And the one guy goes like, hey, I had an orgasm. And the other dude's like, oh, oh, that's great. And he's like, described it to him. He's like, wow, that sounds amazing. Like, huh, I should totally try that. Like, that sounds amazing. He's like, well, that sounds awesome, right? Then he goes out and he actually does it and it happens to him. And he's like, comes back to me. He's like, dude, you, way you described that sounded awesome, but actually having it, holy shit, that's beyond words. A spiritual experience is exactly like that. I can describe what it feels like to be free and whole and okay. And it may sound really cool, but until you experience freedom and wholeness and okayness, words fall short. And that's exactly what we offer here in these rooms with this process, with this power. Um, and anything less is selling yourself short. And that's all I have to say.